1: Right, welcome to the Madhouse. My name's Jimmy, and this handsome devil is Joey. Hello, how are you? I'm alright, how are you doing?
2: I'm alright, thank you very much. Looking forward to today's rundown on Hereditary. Yes,
1: yep, yeah, should be a good one, hopefully.
2: It is, it's uh, a film rec- uh, re- requested by Gaz Simmons. So thank you guys, this is a good film. Definitely, yeah, good Released choice. Released on the 8th of June, 2018.
1: Yeah, one of the trailers was accidentally shown in a uh, the beginning of a PG-rated family film, Peter Rabbit, in Inaloo, Western Australia, caused a small panic in the theatre of <laughs> parents fleeing the cinema <laughs> with
2: their kids. I bet that was fun. Uh, yeah. You go out for a watch, Peter Rabbit with your kids. It's a nice little
1: uh, surprise. Yeah, I think uh, if they did it on purpose, then that's that's a good that's a good thing. Disgruntled employees, yeah, Just I put it on was, last yeah. day of work. We'll put that on. Yeah. crikey, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: did that happen in Australia? Yes. Yeah, good. That accent makes more sense now. Right
1: well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> are you ready to uh, start off on the plot slot, or are you? Uh... Oh, I've got something for you actually. First. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's not—it's not a huge present, but it's a little.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I made us wow. some business cards. They are very, very posh. The yep. horror movie podcast with Jimmy and Joey, available on Apple Podcasts and all best podcast apps. Yeah, they are swish. They are nice.
2: I'll put a picture on Facebook because this is not good audio no, you've
1: entertainment. Got... No, it's—it's it's more to be looked at.
2: Yeah, I'm going to put them on, and they're going out with competition prizes. When we do a competition, I like which them. I'll talk about later.
1: Yeah, they're nice. I'll be dishing them out all over the shop.
2: Uh, the, I thought we could put them on the merch table at
1: gigs. God, that's even better. That's a <laughs> as well.
2: And they're
1: free. <laughs> I love free stuff at the merch table. Oh, yeah, we'll check that in. All Headstone Horror stuff. Yes. <laughs> uh,
2: anyway, are you ready for the plot slot rundown? Ten minutes. Yes, I think so. Take it away then, Jimmy.
1: Right, do you want to set the timer?
2: <laughs> yeah, you remembered the uh the thing i do wrong every single week
1: yeah i'll set a timer for 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> right i think we're gonna overrun but never mind uh,
2: yeah so this film is a bit longer than the previous films we've done in 10 minutes is it just one <laughs> i think it's just one anyway yeah f- it. let's go
1: right you ready yeah Yep. sorry go Steve Graham, played by Gabriel Byrne, wakes his teenage son Peter and thirteen-year-old daughter Charlie for their seventy-eight-year-old grandmother Elaine Tapper Lee's funeral. Steve can't find Charlie; she's asleep in a treehouse.
2: Yeah, normal.
1: It's cold. Very yeah, it is cold uh, pneumonia. Yeah.
2: Steve's wife Annie, an artist who sculpts miniature dioramas delivers the eulogy at her mother's service is not a heartfelt eulogy at all. Definitely not. And Charlie makes a noise.
1: Yeah, she also mentions that there's a there's a lot of strangers in the in the uh in the audience. Yeah. Is it an audience uh, at a funeral? Crowd. <laughs> crowd. Yeah, that'll do. Which will become clear later. So Annie ta- oh God. Annie <laughs> talks to Charlie about Elaine at bed at uh, god's sake at bedtime that night charlie claims that her grandmother always wished charlie was a boy uh to annie's confusion charlie also wonders aloud who will care for her now that elaine is dead yeah that's a weird thing to say definitely
2: annie later sees a haunting vision of her mother after looking through a memory book in annie's
1: workshop yeah rifling through her mum's old stuff that's a terrifying bit it's a great shot yeah so, we cut to a bird dies by flying into one of Charlie's classroom windows at school. Charlie goes outside, cuts off the bird's head, mental, whilst eating a chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah, with no nuts in. No nuts in. I've
2: clarified early on, there's yeah. a couple of, there's no nuts in that, so she's allergic to nuts. Yeah, it was a
1: dove chocolate bar as well. Was it? Yeah.
2: Wasn't it a pigeon? that Yeah, but it's a bird, is it? Yeah. Well, they don't make pigeon chocolate bars, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, A strange woman across the street waves at Charlie at this point. Yeah, crackers, don't know who she is yet. Annie, after seeing uh, a vision of her mother in her workspace at home, starts researching apparitions. And Steve receives a, a weird phone call from the cemetery saying that Ellen's grave was desecrated. Yeah, we don't know how it's been desecrated at that point.
1: No, we don't. So he doesn't. He doesn't want to tell the wife. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to bother her with it. So he keeps that one stum. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, Annie tells Steve she's going to a movie, but actually attends a grief counselling support group. When she arrives at the meeting, it's dark outside. I don't know why that's important. Annie openly discloses her mother's mental health issues, including the dissociative identity disorder and dementia. I think I've said Dissociative Identity disorder. D-I-D.
2: Dissociative. Dissociative. Yes, D-I-D. We'll call it D-I-D for now. (laughs) Charlie sees a strange light in her bedroom. Gallery owner Sylvia Archer contacts Annie about progress on her new works, uh, which is uh, making miniatures. Yeah, uh, miniature models of things, mostly weird stuff that's happened in her life as yeah. well. On the side, as a bit of fun.
1: Yeah, like there's that one. She's breastfeeding Charlie, and her mum's got a other bap out, is not she? Like she wants. Yeah, to she
2: said in her uh, meeting earlier on that uh, something about her mother wanting to breastfeed. Charlie. Yes, she did. Yeah. Crackers. Uh, that's t- just too much. Steve, what are you doing? Like crazy mother-in-law.
1: <laughs> she is yeah, inviting crackers. her to live with you. Not the f- f- off. Peter asks his mother if he can go to a party where he hopes to see Bridget, who he, he wants a bit of, uh, and he asks Peter if uh, he invited his sister to go with him. No, of course he didn't. Ridiculous. Who does He's trying to get off, isn't he? <laughs> I was going to invite my little sister to this party. Yeah, but he, he's claimed it, it's related to school, so, you know, the mum tries to uh, yeah. get Charlie to go as well.
2: I want to say at this point, she's a shit mother. She's horrible.
1: Yeah, terrible. She's not good to
2: her kids at all, even before she hits the fan. Charlie experiences a vision of her grandmother surrounded by fire, and Charlie makes her (sniffs) when she is shaken out of her trance. Yeah, she's outside, isn't she?
1: Uh, Yeah, Annie's like, oh, what did she say? Charlie tells Annie that she wants Ellen. That's a stab in the mum's back.
2: Yeah, I don't want you. I want grandma.
1: Oh right, so uh, Annie. so she
2: forces her to go to a party with her brother. Yeah, to try and I think it's
1: an attempt to make her a bit
2: normal. Snap.
1: Yeah, because she's a bit, she's a bit closed off. She's a bit shut, shut off, isn't she? An odd, odd bless her. Uh, flustered at having to monitor his sister, Peter blows off Charlie so he can smoke marijuana with Bridget and their friends. When he walks into that room, they're watching uh, a black and white video of someone being beheaded, which. Foreshadows the multi- yes, which foreshadows oh, that. the multiple beheadings that will <sighs> later incur. Charlie goes and eats a bit of chocolate cake, and annoyingly, it's got bloody nuts in it. She's allergic. Not chocolate
2: cake. Yeah,
1: Christ. She looks like she's enjoying it at the time. She does,
2: until she starts having an anaphylactic reaction. <laughs> got that word down. Peter carries his sister to his car after she goes up to the room to find him. He's smoking a lot of dope, neither here nor there. But that's what happened. And he rushes her towards the hospital along a dark country road. Charlie's struggling and writhing in the back, trying to breathe. Uh, she opens up a window, sticks her head out the window in an effort to breathe.
1: Crikey, there's an animal in the road. Peter Pe- swerves. Boom. Charlie's decapitated.
2: Head on a lamppost. Wow. Wasn't expecting that. Lamppost is not what they call it in the US, I think. Uh, so, uh, a... uh. What I've got down is a utility pole. <laughs> That's what they call it. Uh-huh. Okay. Correct. Yeah, in everyone. fact, it probably wasn't even a lamppost. didn't have a lamp on it. Like a telephone wire yeah. posty thing. I anyway, know. We've covered enough names for that now. After sitting and staring in entranced shock for a long time, long time. Peter drives home in a, a shocked state.
1: Yeah, he's in shock, and he?
2: Uh, We follow him all the way back. We follow him into the house. We follow him laying down in his bed, and we look at his face as the the darkness turns into the morning time. When it gets light, Annie goes outside and is horrified to find her daughter's headless body in the car.
1: Yeah, we just hear the scream, don't we? That's, like, I've done some terrible things on a hangover and woken up the next day, and for a second I'm like, oh, that was a really good night, and then, boom, shit. Yeah. I remember what happened. This one is terrible.
2: It's pretty. It's a tough one.
1: I've never left my sister's headless corpse in a car. So, Pete, you're a wrong one. Uh,
2: Well, yeah. Or is he just raising the bar? <laughs>
1: yeah, yes. Annie drives to a grief support group meeting, but decides to turn around while still in the parking lot. It's dark when she arrives. I don't know why they say that it's dark when she arrives. Anyway. <laughs> However, before Annie can leave, fellow group member Joan spots Annie and stops her to have a chat. After hearing about Charlie's death, Joan confides in Anne about the loss of her own child and a grandson.
2: Which I don't believe ever existed.
1: No, I don't think so either.
2: Spoilers. When Annie returns home, Steve makes a pass at her. <laughs> yeah. So what else are you going to do? Yeah. Your mum dies. Yeah. A couple of weeks later, your daughter dies. I feel sorry for Steve. Steve is a wet blanket of a man. I
1: don't know the gears. I think he's just having a bit of a hard time with the. Mrs. There there's a thing
2: where peter comes in and he's like hey uh peter did you did you do your uh studying for your sat's and he's yeah. like i'll do it later he's like yeah well you know what you're better because it's coming up <laughs>
1: and he's always telling them to take their shoes off as well shoes off shoes off that's just
2: a dad thing oh right okay i think anyway annie uh, surprisingly is not up for a bit of knocky <laughs> so she sleeps in the attic Peter hears Charlie's clucking noise while he's asleep, thinks it's a vision of a dead sister, and her head falls off and rolls into the middle of the room. Another great bit. Uh, And it turns out to be his own hoodie in the corner. Or is it an apparition because the Satan Lord Payman is famous for his apparitions? We'll get into that more later,
1: obviously. And he visits Joan at, uh, at her apartment, and he tells Joan about a sleepwalking incident. Where she doused Peter and Charlie and herself from head to toe in paint thinner before waking up to find herself preparing to light a match. Shit, mother. Oh, yeah. Uh, from her body language, Annie implies that the matches were in the left hand and a can of paint thinner on the right. Annie explains that her relationship with her children were never the same after. Of course. Fucking crackers. Is that
2: matches in the left hand relevant because Satan's supposed to be left-handed?
1: Possibly, yeah. But there is also something... Um, I don't know. Base. Something about the way Jesus is. Ah! No way! <laughs> Shit! Yeah, we're getting there. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Alright, let's
2: go. Where are we? Uh, Steve finds Annie constructing a disur- disturbing diorama of the scene where Charlie died. Uh, Steve, Annie, and Peter have an awkward dinner where Annie displays uh, some more amazing mothering skills while yelling at Peter. Yeah, she goes to so, Yeah. And then Annie runs into Joan at an art supply store. Joan is the lady she met in the dark. Yes. At the uh, support meeting group when she decided to turn around.
1: Joan excitedly explains to Annie that she attended an open seance that changed her skepticisms about psychics. Joan tells Annie that a medium was able to conjure her dead grandson, Lewis, and taught Joan how to conduct a seance as well. Good. I'm glad that's explained, that she... the. the the medium taught her because uh, the bit coming up, I don't know how Joan did it. Anyway, Joan has a chalkboard in the trunk of a car.
2: <gasps> what a psycho. Joan invites Annie over to witness a seance firsthand. Joan seemingly makes contact with Louis, or Louis, uh, her dead son. Uh, he uses a glass and a chalkboard to communicate. Joan assures Annie that she can
1: conduct a similar conjuring herself at home with her husband and son. Yeah, and also Joan explains that the chalkboard was her grandson's favourite t- toy. Yeah. And that's why we said the chalkboard was already in the back of her car. Yeah. Saying that Joan's a bit of a bullshitter. Yes.
2: Okay, so Annie wakes that night to find a swarm of ants leading to Peter's dead body, uh, which prompts a conversation with Peter. And he's asking why Annie seems to be scared of him all the time. Annie involuntarily confesses she never wanted to have Peter. God. she tried to have a miscarriage uh, it was a mistake never meant to be here and as she suddenly wakes to discover she was experiencing a vision or within a vision
1: <laughs> Annie recites Joan's incantation with Charlie's sketchbook while Steve and Pete are asleep claiming she's summoned Charlie Annie excitedly wakes her husband and son for another seance Charlie seemingly possesses Annie Sneed, Steve Steve Snaps Annie out of their trance by dousing her with water. Peter cries from confused fright.
2: So during school, Peter seems to see the same light that Charlie had seen in her bedroom, and he looks at his reflection, and it's smiling at him, even though he's got a face like a slapped ass. Yeah, he has, isn't he on his face. Steve. As a go at Annie, uh, for Peter becoming convinced that Avengers Spirit is threatening him. Annie trashes her studio in a fit of anger when another, she gets her voicemail from the uh, gallery where she's going to be showing some of her miniatures, Yeah, she's asking getting, for an update and to provide new pieces.
1: Yeah, she's getting pressure for her uh, small things. And she couldn't give a shit. Nah, Charlie Spirit supernaturally draws in her old sketchbook. Peter sees vision of his dead sister in the corner and... Oh, haven't we already covered that bit?
2: Yeah, I, I got it wrong earlier. Really. Right,
1: okay, the head
2: falls off. Boom. At this point, not earlier. Right. He just heard the clock earlier.
1: Yeah. Before being choked in his bed, Peter accuses his mother of sleepwalking and attacking him again. Annie advises Peter not to tell Steve what happened. Annie goes on to explain that something supernatural is happening in the house and she's the only one who can stop it. Of course... The window above Peter's bed has a mark that looks similar to the one in Charlie's classroom when struck by the bird.
2: Oh. Mm. Uh, they, they weren't just trying to strangle him. these people under the bed. They were trying to pull his head off. I yes, think. they
1: were trying to pull his head off. Yeah. But he, say, he thinks strangling, doesn't he? He says, he says something yeah, he's trying to yeah. choke me. Uh, Realising that the spirit she summoned is a bitch.
2: Annie throws Charlie's sketchbook into a fire and her arm sets on fire in vengeful retaliation from the other side
1: so she goes back to the old biddy Joan for help Annie does not go inside Joan's residence Joan's place is decked oh sorry Annie Uh, Joan's place is decked out in witchcraft paraphernalia including a photo of Peter inside a ceremonial triangle And a symbol Annie recognizes from family photos. It's all coming together. Yep,
2: Annie learns that the symbol is associated with the demon Payman, one of the kings of hell. Annie also finds a photo of Joan with Ellen, revealing that Joan and Annie's mother were in the same coven, devoted to gaining riches by conjuring Payman to a male body. Yes. Revealing why Ellen wanted Charlie to be a male.
1: And then, well, Annie goes back, she finds uh, her mum's. Headless corpse in that attic. Yep, that's uh, the desecration of the grave we were talking about earlier. She'd yeah. been removed. Pete's back at school. Jones across the street shouting at him, "I expel you, Peter." Here's a here's Charlie's cluck. Peter becomes possessed and suddenly bashes his head into his desk like a nutter. Yeah,
2: that's brilliant. That is, <laughs> that is good. Annie stands in pouring rain, blow a treehouse of Ellen's scrapbook, and we see that Peter's Dream behind her. In the real house does not exist.
1: Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Steve brings Peter home. Annie approaches the car and is dry with no sign of the downpour. Annie tells Steve that Ellen's corpse is in the attic but is now decapitated. Annie also shows Steve the photographs where Joan and Ellen are wearing the seal of Paimon. Annie explains that their family became cursed and when she tried contacting uh, when she tried contacting Charlie. Annie also explains that connection to Charlie's sketchbook, adding that Steve needs to destroy it in order to save Peter. Peter sleeps in his room. It's not awakened by the conversation. He Peter's doesn't know sleeping. what's going on. Yeah, He's just know a what's going on. He's, having... He's probably high and having one of them nice sleeps. So
2: Steve, being the reasonable, level-headed, grounded person in this film, doesn't believe uh thing that annie is talking about it's all sounds like bullshit <laughs> he does accuse annie of digging up ellen's grave because she's quite clearly losing it and when he's just refusing to throw the sketchbook in the fire annie throws it back into the fire presuming she will kill herself but it will rid her family of this haunting uh instead steve pun. Spontaneously,
1: spontaneously combusts. Got rid of him. Anyway, yes. with his possessed mother... That's Steve Dunn. That's Steve Dunn. With his uh, possessed mother hovering in the corner above his bed, Peter gets up in, and uh, to search the house. When Peter leaves his room, the ladder to the attic is withdrawn. Peter finds his father's charred corpse. Uh, that's another shitter. Possessed, Annie chases Peter to the attic. The ladder to the attic is now down. Annie jumps up, furiously pounds her head on the attic door. After awesome. Peter climbs the ladder and retracts it into the upper ceiling. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah, freaky as fuck. In the attic, Peter finds flies, candles, and a photo of his face with the eyes punched out. Ellen's body is not there anymore. Annie is suddenly chilling out, floating in the rafters. With a nice little bit of cheese wire, <laughs> sawing
1: her own head off. Peter jumps out a window. Oh no, hold on, he's confronted. He sees some naked dudes first. Yeah, the, the, yeah he sees, uh, I don't know why I have to be naked, but he sees the naked.
2: I like that he saw his mother cutting his own head off and he's just standing there, but no, a bit of wang.
1: <laughs> Fuck that, I'm out of it. Yeah, turns around, well, there's a couple of willies there, and jumping <laughs> out the window. He's off, out the window. Yeah. Peter's head hits the ground. Face plants right in there. Boom. Uh, Which we all think's killed him. Probably has. Peter there, there, the light comes down. Yeah, it does. Again, that we've seen a couple of times already. And reanimates Peter's body. Peter then follows his mother's headless corpse as it floats into the treehouse. And in the treehouse, there is a strange gathering
2: of devil worshippers in various states of nakedness undress yeah <laughs> so peter it goes inside there they're all there charlie's decapitated head is on top of a statue it looks a lot like the statue she would randomly make throughout yeah. the whole film yeah his mother and grandmother's headless bodies lie bowing on the floor towards his decapitated sister's head and joan's voice calls peter charlie as a woman puts a crown on him and they welcome peter as Payman. while the coven Hell's the demon's arrival.
1: Story ends with a shot of a model tree house filled with the dolls that look like Peter, the coven, and the headless Annie and Ellen. End of film. <laughs> so it's a weird one,
2: but it's a good one. Yeah. You dig it? I dig it. How, good. How, how far did we run over on that? <sighs> I, d- I didn't check, yeah. man. Uh, I'm going to guess randomly just a number of seven minutes. Well, oh, there you go. Can't win them all. No, you can't. In fact, we've film. only won one. But yeah. uh, right, frights and delights, boy. Yeah, Frights and delights.
1: Right. So I tried to find any real deaths related to payment. I couldn't find any. I'm okay. sure. That, I'm sure there's some out there. But I did find an unsolved occult type murder I'm- in Detroit. Cool take it away. Police arrived at three five eight seven Saint Auburn Street in Detroit, Michigan, july third, nineteen twenty nine. They found Benji Evangelista seated behind his desks his desk, his hands neatly folded in his lap as though in prayer, and they found his head on the floor right next to his feet. Upstairs they found Miss Evangelista and their children all dead with their heads off. Uh not very nice. So, oh, shit, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Benny, apparently, was a Sicilian immigrant who found it, He was a founder of his own religion known as the Union Federation of America. The church, or cult, <laughs> was founded 20 years prior to his murder. When Benny first arrived in Philadelphia, he wrote a 200-page Bible entitled The Oldest History of the World, Discovered by Occult Science. Uh, police made several arrests in the family's murder and questioned several suspects, but in all turned out to be dead ends. The case quickly went cold, but as the police and citizens of Detroit would soon discover, the merger, murder merger, murder, of the Evander Lister family was only the beginning of what would be a string of bizarre cult killings that would plague Detroit from 1929 to 1932. You look them up, because I, I ain't got anything about them. Anyway, only several years ago, the Evangelista's home in, on St. Auburn Street was demolished. All that remains now is the grown-over empty lot that no one has built on since. Uh, there are those that say the site is haunted and the others who have claimed to have seen a headless man walking the lot. Others have reported hearing disembodied screams. The Evangelista murders remain unsolved to this day.
2: What does a disembodied scream sound like compared to a normal person's scream?
1: I do not know. Well, hopefully
2: I'll never find out.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. All oh, well, right, I could go into it. I, uh, I fluffed it a bit, but that's fine. You get the gist. Yep. That's what I'm here for, just the gist. Headless body's bad. Yes, Occult. cult. All right, this is all about the film, Frights and Delights. Okay. Go on, do you want to kick it off, or do you want me to kick it off?
2: Yeah, you go first. I seem to go first all the time on Frights.
1: Okay. It's filled with delights for me, I've got to say. Uh, my favourite, the unexpected uh, decapitation of poor Charlie yep. at the start. But when they're driving to the party, you get the little shot of the utility pole with the the symbol of payment on it. Uh-huh. And then it comes back around. That's the pole that took a canister right off.
2: Yeah, and that was a that that was a shock. I genuinely thought she was in the film for the long haul.
1: I did at as that well. Point. Yeah, uh, apparently, um, it, uh, in the advertising campaign, they never mention anything about Charlie going to die. It's completely a secret. Well, good. Totally, yeah. It was very unexpected. Well done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was uh, it was deliberate mislead. Which is similar to the horror classic Psycho, where Janet Lee was made to look like the star of the film, only to be murdered one third of the way through.
2: Also Scream. Okay, yeah. You've got Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Murdered in literally the first five minutes.
1: Oh yeah, of course.
2: But yeah, it's a good tactic to use. Great, I think. And care. it worked well, yeah. Shocked yeah. the hell out of me. Yeah. I've got a little fright fact that Alex Wolfe, who plays Peter, and Millie Schiapari, who plays Charlie, were asked to go out together in character a few times. Uh, and they would sit for hours in silence. Uh, Millie wouldn't speak to Alex, and Alex would try and get her to talk to him. Yeah, that's quite yeah, that's quite interesting. Some nice like ex- acting exercises going on before the film even starts to make sure everyone's all where they're meant to be.
1: Yeah, he went a bit... Um... He went a bit method on it. He wanted to break his own nose when Yeah, he, when he bashed his head against the table. Yeah. I think uh, he did. I think he went for it. They put a bit of foam on the table.
2: Yeah, he did go for it. It was, uh, they put on the table, it was soft up to a point, but not at the bottom. And he didn't realise that. So he did really go for it because he was ready to break his own nose anyway. So when he realised there was a load of foam on there, or it wasn't, not, sorry, not foam, it was just softer. He went for it, not realising that the bottom part was harder and he dislocated his own jaw.
1: <laughs> he wanted to jump out the window as well nutter yeah,
2: yeah. you couldn't yeah insurance ain't sure it's gonna let that happen man <laughs> All right, what else have you
1: got for me I love it when tony can let annie uh when she's uh soaring off her own head I yeah think that's great because I think you hear it before you see it yes and you don't quite know what she's doing with her hands. Yes. And you hear this sort of crunching <coughs> kind of noise, and then it's like, then she gets quicker, and it's like, fucking, you know, oh, hold on a minute. It's like a
2: sticky, skin, rippy sound, isn't it? And it's like, it's odd, and there's blood yeah. out, and she is, even while she's killing herself, she's looking at Peter like she fucking hates that boy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I never wanted you.
1: I don't know, what is she, what is she doing it with? Because I thought she was doing it with a necklace, because she's got that necklace that had Damon. Symbol. Yeah, yeah,
2: it. that's more makes more. I, it looked to me like cheese wire. But it might be. Keep cheese just... wire in the attic, you know, just in case you want to cut your head off. Probably not that's many true. people. So. Yeah. Or cut cheese is the is the usual <laughs> use for cheese wire, I suppose. Right, I've got I've got a good one. Okay, uh, Gabriel Burren Ah, yeah, uh, good old Irish. Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Alex Wolf had worked together on a TV series before, and Alex and Millie knew each other from school. Oh acting school everything oh. it was like secondary right. school yeah, but still they they knew each other that made tony collette the only person who didn't really have any kind of background with them all at all which was good for filming it made her like an outsider which she was meant to be in the film oh okay you know, everyone was you know yeah very clever. N- no one really connected with her in the film
1: so uh yeah apparently that helped establish relationships on screen yeah fair play Oh, i tell you what bit I like. Right at the start, when uh, Charlie is looking at her grandmother in the coffin. Yeah. Uh, there's that, did you notice a creepy weird dude, sort of just in shot, and he was, like, really weirdly smiling at her. No. Right. <laughs> that's Yeah, and I noticed him, and I thought, that's a bit weird. And then towards the end of the film, when... Annie's on the on the ceiling chasing Peter, and then the cult members appear in that in the living room. Yeah, he's the one in the doorway. Okay, and he's Todger out. What doing a weird smile? Yeah, I from didn't... there. So when she says that they're they're all like when she's giving a eulogy to the the crowd. Yes. Uh, she t- says there's a lot of strangers here because she doesn't know, and they were all part of the the cult that yeah, yeah. thing, and then they appeared with their willies out. I like that. <laughs> not the wheelies. Okay, no. you said it now and I get, to, <laughs> I get to edit this podcast so this bit's not staying
2: it's fucking out there now isn't it <sighs> anyway uh, I got another fright I don't have any delight uh, no I don't have any frights. I just had delights, I think uh, this one was the house it was built completely on a sound stage from the interior this is from scratch a uh, Stage in Utah. They needed to be able to remove walls and ceilings so they could shoot the rooms the same as the miniatures that she was making. Oh. A good example is the very first shot where it zooms into a miniature. Yes. And then it's oh, in yeah. the room and it's really well done. And then suddenly there's a knock on the door and Steve walks in to talk to Peter. That yeah. Is, uh, is... So I'm stumbling over my words. I'm in awe of how good it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the production designers had to work uh, with a miniaturist to make sure the house and the miniature house were exactly the same.
1: Wow, there's a lot of thought has gone into this film, I think.
2: Yeah, Ari Aster has been planning this for a long time, so he's been planning other uh, films.
1: Uh, yeah, I just watched his trailer for Midsommar. Yeah, that looks really good. It does look really good, doesn't it? He's got ten.
2: He's, he's got... finished ten screenplays. Has he? This is the first one he's ever directed. Oh, I'm looking forward to one. So, number two is uh, Midsommar.
1: Yeah, my mate was telling me about this because it's uh, it's a big thing in Sweden, isn't it? And that's where the new one, that's where Midsummer is set. Okay. And apparently, because he has a mate who lives in Sweden, apparently, um, that was me banging a cupboard. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, they they dress as frogs. Oh well, the translation in from Swedish, I don't know it, but the translation from Swedish for what they do is they dress like frogs and dance around a penis. Okay, so there you go. I mean, I've danced around a frog dressed as a penis. <laughs> we uh, all, fuck it now. <laughs> that, that's just weird. Yeah, Let's... i got another little delight. Let's get away from the willies. <laughs> 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 so, Dissociative Identity Syndrome, which is the illness that Annie reckons her mum had in this. Uh, it's also the condition diagnosed... Uh, of the lead character in the movie Split. It is. James McAvoy, which I think... I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, because uh, this and that have the same producer.
2: Oh, okay. That's an amazing film. I think yeah, that's a great film. Split is a great film. Well, I think
1: that's a nice, good little connection.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to say now if we ever do Split, McAvoy's already one master of the macabre. Of course he has. Uh, yeah, that was a great film. Couldn't believe how, how good he was in that. Right. Uh, I have got... A little bit about payment. Okay. Which is a fright. uh just that um he is one of the kings of hell. The cult symbol is his symbol. Yeah. All the loops face to the west, which is where people are meant to pray. When they oh, pray okay. To him. okay. Didn't know that. Obviously, he's a real demon. He answers only to Satan. Described as being a male with a feminine face who can fly, create apparitions, which... Happens in uh, in the film. And people flying as well up to the treehouse at the end. He can resurrect the dead, which has just happened to Peter at the end with Charlie. Yeah. And has untold wisdom. Uh, he prefers to be summoned into a male host of his choosing, which is why they had to wait for Peter to be born and get old enough.
1: Yeah, they tried it, didn't they, with Annie's brother. Yeah. That's what they reckon. And he killed himself. He killed himself because he was going a bit crackers. He said... Uh, now Annie said at the support group that her brother
2: kept claiming uh, his mother was trying to put people into him. Yes,
1: that oh. could have gone wrong. <laughs> uh, depends. Yeah, true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice turnaround. Thanks. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm done with frights and delights. I've had no frights, which I think is a first this time.
1: Uh, I've only got one tiny little one. Okay. I don't think it's. I don't think it's too much. Uh, it's just when Gabriel Byrne gets set on fire Yeah You can see that he's wearing uh, A thong Not a thong, well he might be I don't know uh, If you listen to this Gabriel Byrne Pop us an email, you'll wear a thong while you're acting Don't send us an email Send us a picture Yes On an email. Very great No you can see his fire retardant glove <laughs> thing That he's wearing on his hand Just for a split second Alright okay but that's only a tiny little Everything thing. Happens. That's just me being yeah, picky no. just because I happen to notice it. I'm but just laughing because
2: this episode so far has been really <laughs> <laughs> How many How many times have we mentioned knob? Yeah, well, it's hot, isn't it? It's hot. It's, it's hot, hot day. and there's knob in the film, so <laughs> it's on the brain. Yep. All right, that's Frights and Delights. Are we done with Frights and Delights? Are we yes, going to mosey on over? <laughs>
1: it's mosey on over. <laughs> to,
2: to the Cowboys. master yeah. of the mosey. <laughs> the master of the Macabre. See you there in a second. Master of the Macabre. Right, Jimmy. We're on to Master of the Macabre. Who's your first choice? Okay, my. Or, f- in fact, just real off your choices.
1: Okay. Um, I've got two choices. I think for this, I'm going with Millie Chaparro. Uh huh. Her first film. I don't know what else she was in. This is her first film. I think she was in some uh, TV shows or something. Yeah. Oh, I didn't look it up. <laughs> uh, I think she plays. I think she plays very good in the short part of the film that she's in. I think she does a very good job. Very dark, shut off. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that she's never actually Charlie in the entire in the tie bit. She is. She's, a, uh, she's payment from the. Yeah, that's the good thing about
2: watching this film twice. Well, uh, I only watched
1: it once, which is stupid of me. Well not prepared. But hey We'll talk about that later where <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Millie Shapiro watching this the first time well, watching at all times, she brings an essence of weird to her character that takes work. With facial expressions and she's projecting this awkward presence the whole time. She's not she doesn't look like she's comfortable in her skin. No, she looks
1: f***ing miserable most of the time. Yeah, uh,
2: it's just brilliant acting from someone who is pretty young. I checked, she's 15 now, I think, so okay. maybe 14, 15. She looks younger in the film.
1: Uh, yeah, she's playing. She's, she's supposed to be 13 in the film, I think. Okay,
2: but she's definitely someone to keep an eye on in the future because I predict she's going to do a have a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah. Like, I, not just horror, but...
1: I think she's good for a horror because she's a bit weird looking. No offence.
2: Uh, yeah, but I checked out her uh, online...
1: She still looks a bit weird, doesn't she?
2: Like, Just like a normal person. I. She doesn't look like how we expect Hollywood people to look. but No. She... yeah, Maybe she looks a bit weird. Uh, but she does put on facial expressions for this film. Uh, and it, yeah, watch it a second time. While knowing that she's not Charlie, has never been Charlie, is pain in any girls' body. Yeah. It's like she's just not come out yet and hasn't figured out who she is.
1: Yeah, she's quite talented because she's a... Uh... As well, makes all them little uh, sort of dolls and stuff, doesn't she?
2: Oh, yeah, sorry. I also thought you were going for the...
1: No, because I'm not going to do that because I can't do it.
2: You did it really well before we recorded and you know it. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't, can't do it. I can't do it. it. Uh, anyway, I had her on my list for Master of the Macabre as well. So... Uh, but you've got two. Who you yes,
1: second? also Tony Collect. Yeah,
2: my other choice as well.
1: I think she did... Considering she didn't really want to do any heavy, dark films, she just wanted to do comedy. She did a, I think she did a cracking yeah. job in this. She
2: doesn't even like horror.
1: No, She's not no. A horror
2: fan. No. Alex Wolf is a big horror fan. Apparently, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, that's why he wanted to go all out. And any other film, he'd be master of the macabre. But these two were exceptional.
1: Definitely, her favourite scene apparently was her being drenched in water. She said it was very satisfying. Alright. Well, oh, fair enough. Take that. How you want it. Yeah. I suppose. But yeah, she, yeah I think she She did a cracking job as a ter- terrible mother and a <laughs> sort of
2: psychotic of... person losing their mind. Yeah, she's not. She turns a... into her character's mother yeah, over the course of the film.
1: Yeah, she's not had a good run, but. Yeah.
2: She plays an erratic, self centered character that's batshit crazy. Well, the type of person that makes a diorama of her own daughter's death.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. but she does it very
2: well. Her wailing, I want to talk about when Charlie dies, and you see her in the morning after. It's like haunting the best like grief acting I've seen.
1: Yeah, I would like to think that they did it quite method, and that they actually had her daughter in the, it, headless in the car. Oh, they killed her daughter, and then just Let's get the best it. out of these actors. It's, you Frick, know it's gonna kill so you good
2: girl. that I I can't. Imagine that it's much different when something that horrible happens. No, absolutely it was not. it was desperate wailing. At, if you ever hear anyone, disc- my mum my works in the hospital, so I've heard. And I mean, she's not done an example for me, <laughs> <laughs> but she says it just goes straight through you when someone gets news like that. And yeah, that was horrible. And I hope that's the closest I ever come to hearing.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's petrifying. But it must have been exhausting for her to place someone. That full-on, all the time, so unhinged. She looks so stressed. Her character. Yeah. And everyone went method for this film, I think. Except uh, Gabriel
1: Byrne, because he didn't really have a lot
2: to do. Well, he did. could have just lived a normal life for 50-odd years yeah. in order to do this part. It's yeah. No disrespect, Gabriel. He's good in this. Cracking actor. Yeah, well, you're going to do that, because it's, uh, it's coming up. <laughs> what was that? That's what he's t- saying to Peter. <laughs> Have you been studying for SATs? Yeah, I'm going to do it! I thought you were doing that. Yeah, well, you're going to do that because it's, uh, it's coming up. <laughs> he told him. I oh, do want to mention... I do want to mention? do you want to mention, obviously, a genuinely fantastic performance overall. And the moments we've already said, but another one is when she's possessed by Charlie. Yeah. Uh, freaky body language. She... Her body language jumped straight into being more childish and confused. Oh, yes. And, looking yep. around. and I'm guessing they did the voiceover for Charlie. I'm guessing she's not doing a brilliant impression.
1: <laughs> wow, it's cracking money. You did, but, it. you know, I wouldn't put
2: it past them for this film. They really went in. <laughs> yeah, they did. So there are two choices. We've got to pick one.
1: Uh, I'm saying Tony Collette.
2: I'm saying Tony Collette.
1: Right, there you go. Tony. If Millie Shapiro's character lasted the whole
2: film... Eh? Hey? If Millie's character had lasted the whole film.
1: Yeah. But then maybe it wouldn't have been as good if she did. Might, it would have been a different film. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, there you go. Tony, expect a package in the post. <laughs> of a medal. <laughs> a medal. Not more penis. <laughs> shaped like a willy.
2: No. <laughs> Are they shaped like willies? You said you hadn't ordered them. <laughs> they were uh, the only ones I could get. I'm not going to send her a medal. She will constantly, throughout the rest of her life, have uh apparitions appear to her of this medal floating in the air. Okay. That's how yeah. she'll know. Yeah. We're golden
1: penis. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, so uh moving on. Yeah, on that shiny note. Where are we going now, Jimmy? What's next along the
2: haunting road in the madhouse? It's
1: the Madhouse Rating System System. Did I did I do that right? <laughs>
2: yep. <laughs> Thanks.
1: The Madhouse Rating Sister. Okay, so here we go. This is where we're going to rate this film. We're going to start with the first one, which is tension and suspense.
2: Well, I reckon the uh, the whole first half hour of the film is a whole uh, lot of tension building up.
1: whole lot of tension building <laughs> up a there. A whole lot of
2: tension there, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole lot of dark family drama. Uh, yeah, it spends... A decent amount of time building these characters' relationships after the loss of their matriarch of the family. And it really takes its time pulling tight all that tension between everyone. Yeah. As tight as it can right up until the point where that tension's let into into their lives. Uh, when Charlie's head falls off, I think it's the point where the shit hits the fan. Fuck. Or the head hits the
1: lamppost. Utility... Head hits is it? the utility pole. Yeah. I still still can't get over that Wasn't expecting it Made my hands sweat It was Yeah it was good And my feet (laughs) Whoa Just those two bits Not expecting that Yeah And the backs of the knees Is rather like that Film makes me do that (sighs) Uh, I
2: couldn't name the places That made me sweat I can't remember I'll take notice Next time I watch a film
1: Definitely do Yeah
2: Uh, Okay I, I also have if I may go for it from the point of Charlie's uh, allergic reaction starting. So even from when before the first lot of tension I talked about kind of ends, the second lot kind of starts ramping up. So her reaction beginning from eating that cake right through to her death and then right through to Annie screaming when she finds the body is some of the best filmmaking I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. She eats cake has a reaction there's a rush to the hospital with all the gasping and the writhing and the uh, trying to get some air there's uh that little bit where she loses her head on the lamppost it's quite uh, a nice bit of uh, <laughs> building up of shit yeah uh and then it drops right down after that wave of of tension the rushing in the car head knocked off dead still silence Peter's stunned, deadly silence in his car. Great acting from Alex Wharf by the way. Though. That's yeah. amazing. Then we follow that silence and his distraught face right through the drive home, arriving home, laying down in bed. The nighttime transitions to morning. We're still looking at his face, just empty of everything in shock. And then Annie finds the body and... And then that's uh, that's all I got to say about that. Why d-
1: <laughs> why didn't he pick up a red? Uh, Shake stock. Is he shocked? Shock. Complete he's... refusal to believe that what's just happened. He just drives home and goes to bed. Well, he's high as well, isn't he? Yeah. So is that is that probably got something to? Prepare? Play
2: with it. You know when you're stoned and you're kind of doing something and then you suddenly think, am I doing this weird or is this how I usually do this? Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically going, is this how I usually drive after I've decapitated my sister? <laughs> do, I, do I usually pick
1: up the head or <laughs> leave? Yeah, okay. yeah, fair enough. No, you put it like that. You probably yeah. went
2: through the Mackie's drive through on the way home. <laughs>
1: yeah, probably. Uh, am I ordering this burger weird? Yeah. Do I normally put my arm out the window? Yeah. Is it weird that I ordered... Ten lots of fries. What do you want, Charlie? Oh, nothing. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, right. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have your happy meal. Completely forgot what <laughs> I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. So, uh, yeah. What have you got? I've been talking a lot.
1: No, that's fine. I, I, have, I, I agree with you. I haven't got. I'm, I'm not very good at the whole this, this part of it. The tension right. and the suspense part. I think you're quite good at that. Uh,
2: well, I got one more. Okay, cool. Uh What time we got? Fuck. <laughs> I haven't got one more <laughs>
1: moving on <laughs> right gore is it gore gore visual effects gore and visual effects well it's mostly practical effects At the requested,
2: requested director Ari Aster.
1: yeah he said um, he didn't want to do he wanted to do the effects didn't he he didn't want to be CGI'd yeah he wanted to if he could make an effect let's do it
2: yeah even the little effects in this film practical effects were good Charlie's head uh, deciding to have a little interaction with a lamppost. So it's Utility a re- pole. Yeah, sorry. It's an easy effect to do for, by these day standards, but it was well done and what was great was her rotting head. Yeah, that was great. Bang down. on, being yeah. eaten. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, she said that was one of her favourite parts of the film. She uh, was well, tethered. Her own head. Nah, she was tethered to the car with her head out hanging yeah. out and she said it was like a, being on a roller coaster. She said that was the best part. Okay. Um, I like how they did the the chalkboard. Yeah, yeah. In Joan's house, they had to put a magnet in the chalk, yep. and then a magnet under the table to try and get it to move. They did. They did that pretty good.
2: Yeah, quite difficult to uh, get down.
1: They made the candles light on their own. Things yep. like that. Ants
2: eating uh, Peter, Peter's head. Yeah. In the ants' dream, Peter breaking his own nose.
1: Yeah. Tony Collette wore a prosthetic neck and it was piano wire she was using to cut the neck. The neck. Oh, very okay. good.
2: And I got one more thing because we are short of time. So, uh, but tracking a shot of her body being lowered into the grave. Oh, yeah. And then the camera descends into the adjacent grave. Oh, Descending to hell.
1: Very good. Everything in the room had to be fireproofed when they set Gabriel Byrne on fire. Oh well, yeah, I bet it
2: did. Obviously,
1: that <laughs> don't that's even a consider given. it
2: that you are watching it, but yeah, yeah. if you are right. setting fire stuff, yeah, and
1: yeah, there you go. Gore and visual effects. A lot of did we give
2: it a star for tension and suspense. First no, we time. didn't. Let's, well, give, it let's a star. give it a star. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and a star for gore and visual effects. Yep, So that's two out of two. What's next? The performance? It is cracking.
2: Brilliant performance all the way round. All the yeah, way around, yeah. all round, and all the way through. You can really tell everyone went in all in for it. The extra efforts they went through, spending extra time working together on exercises like Alex and Millie going it out in character. Yeah, that's great. it all makes a difference. Yeah, Alex Wolf, his performance, showing real pain and anxiety as a teenager dealing with everything that keeps happening to him, his loss and lack of understanding, his fear and rage at his mum. Uh, is done. It's just done so well. Spot on. Yeah, great, great
1: performance. Well done. Well done, Alex Wolf.
2: You don't get a medal though.
1: Maybe in next film. Maybe next He's one. gonna do more horror, he's
2: a huge horror fan.
1: Yeah, he's gotta. I'm sure he's gonna be in some more of uh, this guy's films. Harry oh, has to that's the one.
2: <laughs> I hope I'm saying that right. You want some more? Uh you want some? Yeah, go on. You want some. Yeah. Uh Gabriel yeah <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel Byrne. Burn as Steve. Uh it's just a bit of a mention. He's the only normal character in the whole film. So he's our grounding character, really. The helpless observer of destruction around him. Kind of a wet blanket with no authority, but it's meant to just be there, I think, for us to have someone relatable in this whole messed up family where everyone is just batshit. He is us in the film. He's like our narrator that doesn't really narrate.
1: Yeah, I like him. He's good. I think he's a good actor.
2: And all I've got left to say about performance is the dinner scene. Don't you swear at me, you little shit! (laughs) That was moving. Nice. Well, it was, <laughs> yeah, it broke the tension there. Now having been building it, it was like everything that's building up between them, um, shit it out on the table and look at what we've got going on.
1: I'm sure I've been in one of them awkward family dinners as well. well what, someone shit's on the table. <laughs> uh, well, could have been. Uh, where it's just me, my mum and dad in silence because I've done something wrong when I've been oh, drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, you killed your sister. Shit.
2: She's just live now, though, isn't
1: she? So, it's all right. Yeah, it's fine. All right, next. Oh, is it getting a point? Yes, of course it is. Getting a star. Three out of three. Three out of three. Boom. Oh, right. So, it's uh, (laughs) the uh, musical score, which... And sound effects. And sound effects. I do apologize. So, Colin Stratson, who did the score, found the inspiration through sounds of water and animals while walking around in pitch black
2: night. Yeah, even the uh, composer for this film went method full in. Yeah. It's a dark, disturbing score. Some Right off from the beginning there's like um, noises. I'm going to attempt right now. Forgive me. Okay. Duh. That's a great noise. Reminded me of uh, the War of the Worlds stuff. Straight oh, away. fuck yeah,
1: I was just thinking that. When you did it. it well was, done. Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> you know when the tripods come out and they're like... Yes. And it's oh, scary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah like that. Builds up well to complement the amazing performances from all the actors in moments designed to build through and give you chills. Not just a score throughout the film, but just oh. music and
1: film working together. Yeah, and it gets those chills multiplying. Yeah, but
2: you're losing control.
1: I yeah, I've lost control. Um, there's, there's some sort of power that they're supplying. <laughs> Oh, it's almost electrifying. I was
2: just going to say.
1: <laughs> when did that come from? I don't know. I do
2: apologise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, he said, uh, the, sorry, the composer said the direction Ari to gave to him was to make the score feel evil. The movie contains around 85 minutes of music. That's not repeated stuff again. That's 85 straight minutes of music. I mean there's breaks in it, but you're not hearing the same stuff all the time.
1: Yeah. Uh Ariaster he listened to some of uh Colin Stetson's earlier music while he was writing the script. Yeah. To get inspired. And uh Colin also used his own vocals in his score. Yeah, was
2: that, uh Was that just in the score? Yeah, I know Colin uh, no sorry Ari was uh, one of the people on the phone at some point from the gallery
1: yeah the gallery man Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting mixed yeah, up
2: yeah, yeah uh, Colin Stetson worked 16 hours a day in order to complete this score for this film
1: oh fair play boy well done
2: so and it's a brilliant score so I'm giving it a star
1: yeah I'll give it a star as well yeah
2: that just takes us on to the last one so that's what we're we on four four out of four four out of four this is the bit where you get confused and I yes, tell you what we do yes Do you remember what we do? Yes. So are you giving it a star, leaving a star, or making me punch you in the face by taking the star away? Uh, What is it?
1: Overall, yeah? Yeah. Oh,
2: I'm going to give it a star. Yeah, so that's five out of five, and uh, I'm going to give it a star. What? You're giving it a
1: star? (laughs) I'm
2: giving it a star. That makes it our first ever six out of five. Six out of five. First member of the six out of five club is Hereditary. Well done to everyone in this film for doing something astounding.
1: Yeah, definitely worth it. Great film. Great watch.
2: I even went into this film thinking, it's overhyped. Everyone's talking about it. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, it was good. Usually, that overhyping, it sets it up too high. So even if it is good, you don't like it. But no, this was good.
1: Right, wow. cheers, Gas Simmons, for that one.
2: <sighs> yep. So yeah, there we go. Now we are moseying on over again to Listener Mail. Listener Mail. So listen to Mail this week's a little bit different uh, because I got an email uh, for a request for a film. We've just done Hereditary a Request, so I thought it'd make sense to do another one straight away. Then we're back on to me and you doing our back and forth with choices.
1: Yeah, fuck, sorry. I've just got cramp in my foot. All right, well, wait. <laughs> no, it's got, go, go, go.
2: Uh, <laughs> so this uh, This week's listener mail had the request in it Which would ruin the IMDB description I'll do for you later So you read the IMDB description out now Then I'll read the email Okay. And we'll give them, the listeners a second to try and guess okay. Just to keep
1: the game going Okay right here we go A punk rock band is forced to fight For survival after witnessing a murder At a neo-nazi Skinhead bar Alright let's give them uh, Five seconds to have a little think.
2: And now I'm literally about to clarify whether you're wrong or right. This is an email from Reese. Hi, Joey and Jimmy. Really enjoying the podcast. I've got a recommendation for you both. As you are in a punk band, it seems quite fitting that you watch Green Room, as it's about a punk band who get into a bad situation. Keep up the good work. Love, (laughs) Reese. He
1: didn't put love, I put that in there. But, you know. (laughs) Kind of. <laughs> so green room you seen it i've not seen it it's been on my list for fucking ages i know it's got patrick stewart in it yeah i'm just, looking forward to seeing him yeah i've just never been in the right mood for it do you know what i mean
2: well you haven't got choice now which is yeah which is good quite, so, yeah i like doing this podcast uh for many reasons if that's one of them is hereditary or something i was meaning to get around to yeah oh,
1: i'm looking forward to it. it's gonna be good uh,
2: so, yeah, that's, uh, next week's episode will be Green Room.
1: Yeah, let's watch some skinheads get fucked up. Uh, yeah. Or not. We don't know what happened. We oh, well, it. we don't, actually. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's not let let's see skinheads get fucked up. Let's see the neo-Nazis get fucked up. Sorry, yeah, skins. Yeah. Uh, so we are done, but before we leave... What? Before
2: we leave. Before we leave. I have an announcement. Oh, okay. I mean, it's not that big a deal. Oh. <laughs> but we decided every ten episodes... We are going to do a George A. Romero film. Yes. I have checked, and I think you checked as well, but yep. there are 20 works he was involved with. Yep, okay. So that will take us to episode 200. Sweet. Always nice to have a long-term plan. Yep. So every 10 episodes, we're going to do a George A. Romero film. We're going to do them in order of publication. Yes. Or publishing, whatever you call it with a film. When it come out, when not it? Yeah, in order, when it came out, to celebrate reaching 10 episodes, which, I mean, you might not know us personally, but that is an achievement. Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) uh, We're going to do a competition. And to win this competition, because our first film is going to be Night of the Living Dead. You can win Night of the Living Dead Blu-ray, DVD, not DVD, Blu-ray. (laughs) it's a blu-ray disc (laughs) blu-ray that resembles a DVD (laughs) you can win a framed Night of the Living Dead poster Ooh! and you can win a Night of the Living Dead mug Jesus it's getting better and to win this competition all you've got to do is email us at themadhousepodcast at outlook.com tell us what your favourite horror movie of all time is and tell us why it's the best horror movie ever made And the last little bit of the prize, the cherry on the cake. The cream on the strawberries. Ah, the mustard on a hot dog. The flake in a 99. The onions on that burger. The little, little cakes you get on a buffet. (laughs) (laughs) What is it again? Oh, yeah. The movie you've chosen and told us why it's your favourite movie, we will do as an episode in the next few episodes. God, ain't you lucky? So yeah, three prizes and an episode dedicated to your favourite movie. Lovely stuff. So that's the Madhouse dot com. Get in touch with us, ASAP, and we will announce the winner on episode ten. Ooh. And I will send all these lovely bits of merch <laughs> whatever it is out to you. Goodies. It's a goodie bag. Goodies. Or box. It'll be in a box. Uh goodie box. Box. Oh Let's send a medal that's not a real medal. Yeah, that's a good idea. Be yeah. shaped like a penis, though. You so get this invisible <laughs> penis-shaped medal, and it follows you around everywhere. So, yeah, the golden window. cock. <laughs> Enter for the golden cock. <laughs> <sighs> Should we end this now? It's been. It's not. Yeah, it's been a long one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thank you for listening to the Madhouse Podcast. It's been another fun one for me. I'm sure Jimmy's enjoyed it as well. Do not forget to email us for your chance to win a golden cock and some other stuff that's irrelevant now because that's the best thing you're ever going to win. The Madhouse Podcast at Outlook.com. Let us know your favourite movie and why it's your favourite movie. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and all the other places. Bye! Yeah! I mean, I've danced around a frog dressed as a penis.